What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shills. Got a good show for you today. Recap week six of the National Football League, including my Cincinnati Bengals blowing a 21 to nothing lead against the Indianapolis Colts. I'll give my thoughts on that later on in the program. And recap game one of the World Series that is that uh, occurred last night with the Dodgers taking game one of the 2020 World Series against the American League champion Tampa Bay Rays. They finally got the job done on Saturday night against the uh, fraudulent Houston Astros. But we'll get to the baseball a little bit later on. We begin with the football. And uh, in week six in the National Football League, take a break, and then I'll sound off on the Bengals. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens, first off, let's just begin with them first. They barely escaped the Eagles on Sunday. Uh... They uh they the defense slacked late in the late in the game. Their offense wasn't exactly uh you know they put up thir- they put up thirty points, but boy they struggled doing so. Lamar Jackson wasn't all that fantastic throwing the football. Sixteen for twenty seven, one hundred eighty six passing yards and a touchdown pass. Got sacked uh got sacked three times. Although he did ran the ball for uh. <laughs> One of uh, his best of the season, nine carries, 108 yards, averaging 12 yards a carry, if you can imagine that, and a touchdown run. But the problem with the Ravens is, and they're going to run into this problem as they start to play better teams, specifically in the AFC, and it's going to show when it when it comes playoff time, is that there are going to be teams that are going to be sitting there that's going to shut down Lamar Jackson and the Ravens' rushing attack, and it's going to make Lamar Jackson... Uh, beat you with his arm. And the thing with Lamar Jackson and the downside with him is that when it comes to winning big games is that he is the best when he throws the football when he wants to. And Lamar Jackson is going to have to prove his greatness to be, he's going to have to prove his greatness when it comes to throwing the football when he has to. And to make big plays, throw the ball down the field accurately, hit his receivers, open and stride his receivers, make sure that they catch the ball. Mark Andrews, I'm speaking to you now. Uh, and you got to make sure that you can beat your opponents with throwing the football. Because it, because I see the writing on the wall already that it could be another early playoff exit if the Ravens don't find a way to throw the football effectively. You know, the leading receiver was Marquise Brown with four receptions, 57 yards. And that's not going to cut it. I'm sorry. It's just, and Lamar Jackson throwing for 186 passing yards ain't going to cut it either. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just not going to cut it. I understand he's a phenomenal talent running the football, and he's a quote unquote dual threat. I get that. And I understand, and I understand all that. But you, but the Ravens cannot expect to beat Kansas City. They cannot beat Tennessee. They cannot. They can't expect to. They can't expect to to beat the big to beat the big bad AFC a playoff opponent whoever that may be and expect you know unless they're unless they play Cleveland in, in the first round there's not a chance in hell that Baltimore can expect and I'm not having I'm not taking a mulligan on picking them to win the Super Bowl I'm not you know I'm still sticking by the Ravens of winning the whole thing but if the Ravens want to win the whole thing they got to figure out ways to beat you to beat their opponents with with their arm or with Lamar Jackson's arm 
and and when and Lamar Jackson putting the team on his back, not running for 108 yards. I mean, throwing the ball for over 300 yards passing and 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 throwing for three touchdowns and having his receivers Marquise Brown, Boyle, Willie Sneed, Devin Duvernay, you know, the Mark Andrews not dropping every ball that comes within a five foot radius of his hands. Beat your opponents throwing the football. And they ran into, the, you know, they put up 30 points. They had to ham and egg their way for for that 30 points. I mean, including getting outscored by the Eagles in the fourth quarter, 22-6, to six, which is not pretty. Their defense lacks. Carson Wentz, 21 for 40, 213 passing yards, two touchdown passes. And let Miles Sanders run rampant over them for nine carries, 118 yards, averaging 13 yards a carry, if you can imagine that. And, of course, Jalen Hurts, who had his couple of uh, shining moments coming in off the bench for Philadelphia running the football as well. I mean, you just can't. You can't. I mean, they had the Eagles dead to rights for three quarters, and then the fourth quarter comes along, and and Carson Wentz all of a sudden makes it a makes it a one score game, which is something if you ever if you are a Baltimore Raven fan, you cannot like. And again, can't win championships when you let your opponents crawl back into games in the fourth quarter, and your offense essentially is run, run, run all the time instead of looking ways to pass it. Granted, they're still undefeated away from MNT Bank, 3-0 on the road, still undefeated on the road, 5-1 on the season, a game behind Pittsburgh, who's yet to lose a game, we'll get to them in a minute, who's yet to lose a game in the 2020 NFL season. But there, but there's the story with the Ravens. From a Philadelphia standpoint, I don't know why in the what that play call was. Eagles going for two uh, with, uh, you know, they score the touchdown late inside the two-minute warning. Two-point conversion play, 155 in the fourth quarter. The Ravens have the box stacked, especially on the left side, and you call a read option with a trips left shotgun formation if you're Doug Peterson. I mean, that that absolutely made no sense to me whatsoever. They have the box stacked, the Ravens do, on the left side of the line of scrimmage, and you have a, a, you, and you have a trips left formation and that's what you call a re-option. That play made absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. And uh, and they, and Car- and it just uh, the play blew up as soon as the ball was snapped. I mean the I mean the Ravens were right there. They made the play, and the Ravens ended up winning the football game. That's I'm the one. I number two is the Ravens. Or excuse me. It's the Steelers and the Browns, and the Browns, uh, you know, and I know it's everyone went crazy. Stephen A. I'll trade, you know, if I'm Jarvis Landry, Odell, get it, you know, get a trade out of Cleveland. Blah, blah. Point is, this team is this team is four and two. They are in third place in the a- in the AFC North. Okay, the rest you go look at the rest of the AFC. I mean, I mean, Buffalo is leading their division at four and two. The Patriots are under five hundred. The Texans stink. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, you know, outside, Pittsburgh's five and zero. Tennessee's five and zero, leading their division. Um, like I said, the Patriots under five hundred at two and three. Denver, we all know, is not making the playoffs. Kansas City's five and one. The Jaguars are one and five. Uh, the Chargers are one and four. And uh, and and the uh, and the Raiders are three and two. And since and Cincinnati stinks. So I mean. 
I mean, I, I mean, can we, can we hold off on hitting the panic? Yes, it was a bad loss, and Baker Mayfield was absolutely horrendous in the game. And I don't want to hear any excuses about his ribs. Well, if it's well, that's on this coach Kevin Stefanski for 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 having him start up against that Pittsburgh that vaunted Pittsburgh defense. If he's got bad ribs, your job is to put your team in the best position to win. If you think playing a, ba- a hurt Baker Mayfield gives you the best, that's on the head coach. Okay, I don't hear any excuses. You go up there, you suit up, you put your patch on, put your jersey on, you line up after the opening kickoff, opening possession. You go out there and you play and give you 100%. I don't hear none of this BS excuses about what about injuries. To hell with that. Shoot up, you get out there and play. Stop making excuses for Mayfield. Enough. The man's got more commercials than he does touchdown passes. Enough. But I, again, I'm not. I, I get it was an ugly loss. I get it. They still can't beat Pittsburgh and Heinz Field. I understand all that. But you look at the current state of the AFC. I mean, you would think the Patriots would turn it around, and and you know, and maybe and let's see what what Vegas does against Tampa on Sunday night in their own building. There's the, I mean, you got to worry about the Patriots and the Raiders, and the Raiders might fall off. It was still in the first half of the season. We'll see where we are come around, you know, Thanksgiving. We'll see who the haves and the have-nots are. But if I'm Cleveland, I would not panic. I would not go crazy, okay? The, they finally ran into a team that stopped their vaunted rushing attack. I understand they haven't beaten, you know, the, the two real opponents that they've played, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, they've gotten embarrassed by. But it's not, but, you know, but it's not like that they're going to, you know, I mean, there's a chance that they might. But it's not exactly a, a a definite that they'll run into Pittsburgh and or the Ravens in the first round. I mean, I understand Kansas City as well. But, I mean, if you're Cleveland, your goal isn't to go to Super Bowl. If you're Cleveland, your goal is to make the playoffs. If the if the Cleveland Browns make the playoffs, that's that's a successful season. Okay, if they if they make the playoffs at ten and six, nine and seven, and get their heads bashed in by the Steelers again, thirty eight to seven, and opening round, you know, the first or the second weekend of uh, of uh, of the new year, the Cleveland fans are going to look at that as as a successful season, considering the fact that what three years removed, three four years removed, they went zero sixteen, and this is a franchise that hadn't made the playoffs in what twenty something years. So I mean. I, Stephen A. going, and I love Stephen A. Happy birth, birthday to him, like we previously said a couple, you know, about a week and a half back. But I mean, I would. Odell, can we hold off on 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 Cleveland blowing things up and Odell winning a trade? It's one game, guys. It's one game. They play. They play. They play my pathetic, uninspired Bengals on Sunday. And there's not a doubt in my mind that Cleveland will absolutely beat the brakes off of Cincinnati on Sunday. Okay. Let's relax. Let's relax. As long as long as it as long as it beating the teams they're supposed to beat the bad teams. We, they I understand it doesn't look good and may I understand I, I understand the optics of it does not look good, but let's calm down on Cleveland. As long as they beat the teams they're supposed to beat the Cincinnati's, the pathetic Cowboys, the uh, you know the Indianapolis. As long as they beat the teams they're supposed to beat on paper. And that they have a better town, you know, on paper, roster, roster up and down. They got a better team. As long as they take care of those guys, they'll be fine. Trust me, they'll be fine. They will be fine. Cleveland, you know, the Browns' goal is to not, you know, the Browns are not the Ravens or the Chiefs, where it's Super Bowl or bust. 
where if you're not playing in the air, you know, if, if you're not one of the final four standing at the end of January, your season's a failure. The Browns will be fine, okay? The Browns' goal is to have a winning record, make it to the playoffs, and get and you know, see if they get lucky and win a playoff game, okay? that That's Cleveland's goal. Okay, remember these guys. Are, this is a team that has yet one of the oldest franchises in the National Football League, and has yet to appear in a Super Bowl. Let's keep let's keep that in mind. This is the same team that went 0 16. What about three four years ago? Let's take it easy. Okay, they play the pathetic Bengals. They still got the Texans on their schedule. They got the Eagles on their schedule. They got the. I mean, they got they play a lot of bad teams outside of the, outside of the Ravens and the Steelers. Who they have to play again. They play bad teams. Raiders, they should beat. It depends on how the Raiders do on Sunday night. Texans, they played. Listen to these weak opponents: Texans, Eagles, Bengals, Bengals this week, Jaguars. Uh, Giants and the Jets. That's six teams, and this team is already sitting with uh, with four wins on the season, and they play six teams. So you know, four. There's no reason why this team can't eat. And and I understand they play the Titans. I understand they play the Titans, and I understand that they play the Ravens and the Steelers again. But there's no excuse why this team can't go ten and six, nine and seven. Okay, this this team has ten and six, nine and seven all over. All right, okay, so what? They can't beat the good teams. This isn't a team. They're not Baltimore trying, you know, where it's Super Bowl or bust. You know, if if Baltimore gets, get the, you know, if Baltimore can't beat, uh, you know, if Baltimore can't beat Pittsburgh or can't beat uh, Tennessee or, or, or Kansas City, you know, we got we got a problem. You know, you hit the panda bug and eyebrows are raising, okay? But if Cle- if Cleveland can't beat the Steelers, who are a better team than albeit I raised my hand than people get than I gave them credit for, and the team that they haven't beaten in 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 you know in, in twenty plus years, we'll live with it, okay. And you know if if they if they go out there and they play uh, you know if the twenty seventh of December with a playoff spot on the line and they lay an egg on the road against the Jets, ah, we got a problem. They go out there and they stink up the joint November 29th against the Jaguars. Ah! We have an issue. 38-7 against the Steelers on the road. Looks bad, but let's not panic. Okay? This is a team that has 10-6, 9-7 written all over it. Okay? And then once again, Cleveland's goal is to have a winning season and to play, and to play a playoff game in January. Okay? Their goal isn't to... We all, you know... Logically speaking, Cleveland's not going to play. Is not. Is not. I mean, in theory, they're competing for a chance at the Lombardi Trophy because once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. Hell, Tennessee was a game away from playing for the Super Bowl, but the Cleveland Browns fan will be satisfied with 97, 10 and six and a playoff appearance. They win a playoff game; they'll be over the moon. Considering this is the team that a short three, four years ago was 0-16 and still the laughing stock of the National Football League. Let's calm down on Cleveland. Did, was Baker Mayfield atrocious? Absolutely. Was the running game atrocious? Absolutely. Did Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. have an impact on the game? Yes. Did Baker Mayfield turn over the football? Yes. But let's take it easy on Cleveland. Let's. T- they're still four and two. Okay. They're you know they're in a decent position in the AFC North. They'll beat the crap out the Bengals, and outs and you know outside of the Patriots and maybe Las Vegas, 
it's safe to say that they that they would have a uh, that it's that's they got a sixty to sixty percent chance of being one of the uh, one of those wild card teams in the AFC when the playoff dust settles. So let's let's take it easy on Cleveland. I understand it looks bad, but again, this is a team that's thinking, you know, let's have a nice winning season and get and get to the playoffs and see what happens. Okay, they're not they're not Kansas City, they're not Baltimore, where it's where if you don't where if you're not playing in the AFC Championship game, your season is a failure. This is the Cleveland Browns, mind you, Cleveland Browns. Okay, you know it it wasn't that long ago when we you know when we had uh you know when they had uh Hugh Jackson as as their head coach. You know, with with the bus like uh, Trent Richardson, Johnny Manziel, and and Brian Hoyer was their quarterback. Let's take it easy. I understand it looks bad. But let's take it easy. Tennessee and the Texans. What I, I tell you, Derrick Henry. What an absolute beast this player is. I mean, this guy. I mean, if you if you want to if you want to find me a player that's not a quarterback. That should be an MVP. Can I understand Ryan Tannehill's played well, but my goodness gracious, I mean, uh, and then and and in, in a quarterback-driven league, you know, winning the MVP is very difficult if you're not a quarterback. It's it's a lot harder if you're a defensive player. If you're if you're a running back, it's a little bit easier, but again, it's hard because it's a quarterback-driven league, and by default, the quarterback position is the most valuable position out of all of them, but. My goodness, you know, Russell Wilson, like I said, is my MVP, but Derrick Henry should get some votes. 22 carries for 212 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. Averaging, he averaged about nine and a half yards a carry and a 94-yard run for a touchdown. That was just absolutely stupendous. I mean, this team, one of the best teams in football. I mean, if the season were to end today, the, the Titans would lock up the number one seed in the AFC. They're 5-0, 3-0. It at uh at Nat in Nashville. I mean, this is just an absolutely phenomenal football team. This defense is. I mean, they gave up 36 points, but the defense, you know, has their moments where they are where they are where they are a phenomenal defense. They have their moments. Okay, Derrick Henry is a stud. Ryan Tannehill absolutely when he got under the reins of Adam Gase and uh, and uh, Joe Philbin, it turns out to be a competent. Maybe even more than a comment, a pretty damn good quarterback. You know, I mean, this is this is a fun and a and a very good football team. And give all credit to Mike Vrabel, who gets these guys ready to play on a week in week out basis. Who has these guys motivated? Who has these guys playing with an edge? You know, th- this is a very fun and intriguing football team to watch. And give. All the credit in the world to Mike Vrabel, the head coach, who, by the way, let's give him credit for this. They were down 30-29 to 29 late in the fourth quarter with under 3.30 left to, heading towards his tw- three-minute mark, okay? Tennessee has three timeouts, second and one Houston, and, they, uh, and, and here's what Vrabel does. He takes an intentional 12th man on the field penalty. Why? To stop the clock. He he takes the intentional he takes the intentional twelve man on the field penalty, which stops the clock, knowing knowing that knowing that on a second and one play, 
it is more there is the odds of 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 Houston converting on with the second and one with an extra couple of downs to work with their their odds are astronomically high of complete of completing the penalty especially especially when they wanted you know when they had the two minute warning in effect want to make Tennessee use their timeouts they had the lead Houston did at the time third and twenty nine and they and if, and if they're put in a situation fourth one to go for to put the game away and if they don't get it they they leave uh they leave Tennessee to work with to work with a uh, with a long field so what happens they put an intentional twelfth man on the field they call they call the penalty what happens they, what happens, Tennessee has enough time left. They drive down the field to tie the game, put it in the overtime. That is an, that is a fantastic job. You know, and the players were confused and didn't know what the heck was going on. But what a fantastic job by Vrabel using that loophole to using that loophole to save time. That what a phenomenal job. Stops the clock, knows that time is more valuable than the yards. Knows that Houston is going to score anyway. One point, one point. It really doesn't. You know, when you're down by one point, kicking a touchdown field goal doesn't matter. Okay, they they score a touchdown and they convert the extra point. That's seven, seven plus the one you already down. That's eight. So you score. You go down there and score a touchdown. Two point conversion game is tied, or you kick the field goal and you're only down by four. So looking at it basically, as long as your team scores the next, you know, scores a touchdown the next possession, you're still in your next offense possession. You're still in the game. What happens? Four seconds left. Tennessee ties the game, and the move saved forty seconds on forty seconds on the clock, allowing them to do so. A phenomenal job by Mike Vrabel, and a phenomenal job by the Tennessee Titans, who improved the five and zero on the season. Okay, real and real quick on Tampa Bay Green Bay. Long story short, Tampa Bay defense kicked Aaron, kicked the Packers' ass all day long. They. Aaron Jones wasn't a factor in the game. Devontae Adams was not effective in the game. Aaron Rodgers had one of the worst games. Honestly, had one of the worst games essentially since, uh, you know, if you know, you could even go date. You don't even have to go back that far. The championship game against uh, San Francisco back in January, 16 for 3,560 yards through a pick six in the game. Defense just and I'm not Skip Bayless going to go crazy about Tom Brady 17 for 27 166 passing yards and two touchdowns. Oh, oh Skip, who cares? Give me a break, will you please? Okay, that game was all about Ronald Jones and his 23 carries, 113 rushing yards and his two touchdown rushes, and all about that, all about Ronald Jones and all about that defense that absolutely punched Green Bay's offense right in the mouth. Gave up 10 points. Down ten nothing in the first quarter, and and the Packard offense was not a factor for the rest of the game. Give Tampa Bay defense and, and Todd Bowles a lot of credit for for punching the Packers offense in the mouth and and absolutely just getting the job done against the, against Green Bay. Phenomenal job by uh, by uh, Tampa Bay. That's uh, that's another item that we scratch off our list. Another item we scratch off our list, then I'll get to the Cowboys, then I'll take a break and get to the Bengals, is that Kansas City Buffalo. Okay, Buffalo, their defense has a has a problem on their hands. They kept the game close for the majority of the game, but when it came for third downs late in that game, that Buffalo needed to get Kansas City off the field to keep the game alive, they could not do it. They allowed Clyde edwards Lair rushed for 20, on 26 carries, carries for 161 rushing yards 
and uh, and allowed Patrick Mahomes. He didn't blow you away, but he was very effective. 21 carries, or excuse me, 21 for 26, 225 passing yards and two touchdown passes. Only got to him once. That was a sack for a four-yard loss. Um, and it's just, you know, and the Chiefs proof they can beat you so many different ways. They can beat you with Andy Reid out, out coaching the other coach. And Patrick Mahomes can win the game by himself with his arm. And then in this game was a prime example that, you know, all you need is Patrick Mahomes just to be serviceable and to let Clyde Edwards-Alaire run up and down the field all you nine million times and they can beat you that way. So Kansas City proved one of, why, they're one of, why they're one of the most dangerous teams in the National Football League because they can beat you so many different times types of ways running the football Andy Reid out scheming you and then of course the amazing talent that is Patrick Mahomes the Bills defense was atrocious they couldn't get off the field on third downs they let Mahomes make plays make plays with his arm Travis Kelsey on third and shorts getting wide open on little five yard curl routes Clyde Edwards a leg going crazy the Bills defense was horrendous second straight game now that the Bills defense has laid an egg First last Tuesday against against Tennessee, and then and then on this past Monday against uh, Kansas City, and of course Josh Allen played bad for the second game in a row. Now now again I'm not going to go and I, again that Kansas City team is a phenomenal football team. I'm not going to go crazy. You know I love the you know I love the uh, the national sports media. You know they patch Mahomes makes a mistake. They come up with every excuse in the book of the reason why Josh Allen makes a mistake. He's a trash quarterback. I'm not going that route. But he didn't have a, he did not have a great game under any circumstances. 14 for 27, 122 passing yards, two touchdown passes, and an interception. It's not a it's not a phenomenal day by any stretch of the imagination Stephon Dix Cole Beasley uh was all of his the entire receiving core Buffalo was not a factor in the game it's their second loss to a basically a big time opponent in Kansas City and in Tennessee the week before so if I'm a Buffalo Bills fan I got to be quite concerned granted they got lucky considering that the Patriots lost the pre you know the other day you know the day before against Denver but if I'm Buffalo I cannot love the fact that I basically laid an egg against the big against two top tier teams in the AFC, you, you know, on, on the national stage with the entire country watching. That's a standalone football game. You can't like that whatsoever. But hey, if you're a Buffalo, Buffalo, this is what you got to do. Josh Allen, get back to the drawing board and figure out ways to uh, and figure out ways to put your team in the best position to win. And Sean McDermott, defensive-minded head coach, got to get your defense right because your defense has been absolutely atrocious the last couple of games. We put Kansas City and Buffalo to bed. The Monday night uh, nightcap between the Cardinals and the Cowboys. I mean, the Cow- what do you want me to say about the Dallas Cowboys? The Dallas Cowboys is absolutely a pathetic, disgrace, disgusting football team to watch. 30-10 was the final score. I mean, again... You know, it, take it from a Bengals fan that you know that rant that Mandy Dalton's last Monday Night Football game. I came on here and screamed and yelled about when he got absolutely embarrassed by Pittsburgh last September, uh, week three I think it was, when they stunk up the joint on Monday Night Football uh, last season. Andy Dalton's last ever Monday Night Football game in a Bengal uniform. Yeah, 34 for 34 for 54 couldn't even reach 300 yards passing through a touchdown and two interceptions. I mean, what what an absolute disgrace! What and Kyle Murray only threw the ball nine times and he, and the Cardinals still whooped their ass. Kenyon Drake. 20 carries for 164 yards, rushing two touchdowns. Kyler Murray ran for 74 yards on the ground and a touchdown. 
Kyle Murray averaged seven and a half yards a carry. Kenyon Drake averaged or Drake, excuse me, averaged eight yards a carry. I mean that that's this Dallas Cowboy defense is absolutely positively atrocious and disgusting to watch. I mean this defense is so bad. I mean the missed tackles, DeAndre Hopkins wide open. I mean they can't stop the run. They they can't do anything right. They cannot do anything right. This team absolutely flat out just stinks. And again, when you have Andy Dalton as your court, Andy Dalton plus Monday Night Football, same thing with Kirk Cousins. When them plus Monday Night Football does not equal wins, this does not equal success. There's a reason why Andy Dalton still has no playoff games on his resume. There's a reason why Andy Dalton's one of the worst quarterbacks in on the primetime stage, Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night playoff games in the you know in the history of the National Football League. It's no secret and it's not a surprise why. Y'all thought it was just the Bengals ineptitude and Marvin Lewis. Uh-uh. Andy Dalton has cemented himself as a terrible, piss-poor primetime quarterback in the National Football League. It doesn't matter if he's playing for the Bengals. It doesn't matter if he's playing for the Cowboys. It doesn't matter if he's playing the Cardinals, the Steelers, the Texans, whoever it is, the Broncos. It doesn't matter. The, the guy stinks. He stinks. Competent quarterback, 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock games to get the job done. When it's when the lights shine brightest, Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, Sunday Night Football playoff games, he does not deliver the goods. He does not deliver the goods. Now, you Dallas Cowboy fans that were naive, do yourself a favor and go watch uh, go watch that la- go watch last year's playoff uh, pathetic performance against Pittsburgh last year. Go back and watch um, go back and watch Andy Dalton's playoff performance against Pittsburgh in December of 2018. I mean, just I mean, he's won a couple of Monday Night Football games. Give him, I give him that. But go back and rewatch the games of Monday Night Foot the Monday Night Football games that Andy Dalton has lost. And when and when he loses, it isn't like ah oh, another one bites the dust. Or, oh, we tried his best. Oh, he got unlucky. Uh, uh-uh. this man it, it, when he play when he when he loses on Monday football, he doesn't just lose. He embarrasses himself. But the Dallas Cowboy defense is a disgrace. And I don't hear now about well the Dallas. I understand that Mike McCarthy isn't Tom Landry and isn't Jimmy Johnson. I understand that Mike Nolan isn't exactly a Buddy Ryan. But you know what? How about the players? How about the players? You know what? And have the you know and for the most part, this is the same roster. Okay, so well, this is the same. I, a different. Okay, so you got Jason Garrett out there, out of there. What's changed? I understand McCarthy is. I understand McCarthy isn't isn't Jimmy Johnson. I understand that Mike Nolan isn't exactly a buddy. Isn't exactly Bill Parcells' uh, buddy Ryan. But uh, come on. How about the players take some hits? How about I understand Zeke? You know, I understand Zeke sit up there and went up and said, "I know it's my fault." But Zeke, how about how about you sit up there? You know, you got you got paid. You got your money. Enough. Okay, Zeke. How about how about Zeke? Okay, have the guts, man up and say, you know what? My quarterback's out. I need to step up and be and be the primary force of this offense instead of fumbling the football nine thousand times, letting the ball essentially slip out of your hands when you take two steps. Okay, how about Zeke? Cut cut your hair, trim. The, let's clean. Let's clean up and act like a professional, act like a football player here. Okay, cut your hair. Your hair's a mess. Cut your hair, trim up the beard. Okay, quit with, with the stupid crop top for the games. No one wants to see you, your asinine feed me tattoos, stomach tattoos. Eat. Stop with the obnoxious bull crap. 
clean up your hair, clean up your beard, take the rings out of your nose, you're not a bull, you're a human being, you're a football player, take the damn nose rings and the piercings out your nose, okay, you're not a, you're not a 19 year old, you know, going to, going to punk star concerts, okay, you're a football player, grown ass man, start looking like a, stop acting like, quit looking like a damn idiot, quit looking like a clown, take the piercings, take the rings out your nose, clean up your hair, clean up your beard, stop with the little stupid asinine feed me tattoos, grow up, be a man, put your big boy pants on and say, you know what, damn it, we are half a game out of first place in the NFC East, the season is not lost, my quarterback's out for the season on a broken ankle, it is my job and my responsibility as the highest played player on this football team to bring home the goods, put this team on my back, and damn it, get this team to the playoffs. Instead of fooling around, fumbling the football, half-assing it, putting together these garbage performances. As a Dallas Cowboys, the highest played player on the football team, that made that brought, that made a huge stink and held out because he wanted his money. You got your money, you heard the tune, you, damn it, Zeke, you got to come pay the piper. Okay, you're playing for a franchise for a team that Herschel Walker ran for, that Tony Dorsett ran for, that my, that Emmett Smith ran for. Grow up, be a football player, not a clown, not a distraction. Perform, perform. You got your money, good. Now prove to America that you earned it. Enough. And the defense. Quit half-assing it, okay? Go out there and hit somebody. Ridiculous. I understand McCarthy's defensive coaches aren't, aren't all-time great coaches. I understand all that. Quit making excuses. Control what you can control. Wrap up. Put a body on somebody. Wrap up. Hit somebody. Stop leaving guys wide open down the sideline. Don't let Kenyon Drake go crazy on you. Don't let Kyler Murray... Go crazy on you. Come on. Show some fight. Quit throwing in a towel already and just say, well, it's nonsense. nonsense. Show some fight. Show some guts. They got Garrett out of there. Come on. Jerry isn't going to bring in another coach because you know what? You know what? Like it's a restaurant. Say, you know what, waiter? The steak isn't done. Nonsense. Work with, work with what you got. Control what you can control. Show some fight. Show some effort. Come on. You're not. The season ain't over yet. Half game up in first place, believe it or not. Show some fight. Show some guts. Show some, some gumption. Come on. Zeke, you're a football player, not an animal. Show up. Perform. Perform. Make life easy on Andy Dalton. Receivers, catch the catch the passes. Defensive players, you know what? You're blowing assignment, fine. Don't give up on a don't give up on a play. Wrap up. Tackle these guys. Show them who's boss. Quit handing it at the top because uh, the coach you know, like uh, the coach's schemes is messed up. And you know, I like the schemes and they're unprepared. Control what you can control. Don't make excuses. You professional athletes, start acting like it. Let's go. You're football players. You're football players playing for the Dallas Cowboys. America's team.
Stop half-assing it. Let's go. Show some accountability. Control what you can control. Put out some effort. Rap. Hit somebody. Send a message that, you know what? We will not, we will not be y'all's doormat. We will not be y'all's walking, walk, welcome home mat. Come on. At what point does, is it the player's fault? I mean, I, I understand Mike McCarthy isn't Tom Landry. But oh my gosh. At what point is it the player's fault? At what point does Zeke Elliott quit half-assing it and sit up and, and, and show some, and act like a football player and say, you know what? Damn it, y'all get on my back. I'll take y'all to the promised land. Let's go. Instead of sitting up here looking like an Ewok with his hair unkept, beard unkept, with these obnoxious, stupid, asinine-looking tattoos he's got, his 9 million nose piercings, cut the crap and be a football player. Let's go, damn it. All they ever hear is about the Dallas Cowboys, this Dallas Cowboys, that. Come on. Show some guts. Where's your pride? Where's your fight? Let's go. That's for my buddy Jacob. Take a break. I got plenty to say about the Bengals back after this. Welcome back to the I'm Tell Like a TIS podcast. Switching gears now to my Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, what, what, what an absolute, what an absolute dumpster fire this football team is. I mean, I swear. I mean, this this team. I'm I'm trying to tell y'all this team is is going to put me in an early grave. I swear to you, this team is going to put me. In an early grave, this team is going to be the death of me. This team is going to be the death of me. They lost 31 to 27 against the Indianapolis Colts on the road. Ladies and gentlemen, this football team has not won a damn road game since late September or 2018 when they beat the Falcons last minute. When AJ, the game that Tyler Eifert broke his ankle, Andy Dalton to AJ Green with three seconds left. I'm trying to tell you. I mean, they blew a 21 to nothing lead and got outscored 31 to six for the rest of the game. I, I can't take this anymore. Like, damn, how many times do me and other Bengals fans have to suffer through this crap? I'm, I'm so sick of this. Defense couldn't stop the Colts on third down. They can't get off the field, leaving wide receivers wide open. Wide open. Wide open on corner routes down the sideline. I mean, it's ridiculous how wide open these receivers were. They, they couldn't breathe on Phillip Rivers on Sunday in the second half. Couldn't breathe on him. To have the second half, they couldn't breathe on him. And then, then two-minute drive before halftime, they couldn't breathe on him. What good is, is rushing three when the – what the hell is your defense doing? You sent, you sent, you sent three. What, what are they doing? 
You sent three, so you would think if you would have sent three, that you would have rushed three guys, that you'd have plenty of other linebackers and extra secondary that can make sure that Phil Rivers doesn't make a, make a play throwing the ball down the field. But you think, but guess who? I'm so sick of this. Defense can't get off the field on third down. We're leaving wide receivers wide open. Couldn't get the Rivers. Offensively, you can't finish drives. Got to set up for field goals. Penalties, one step forward, two steps back. Randy Bullock misses a field goal. It's like, oh my gosh. It's, it's like this team finds new ways to lose football games. It's, 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 I, I can't take it anymore. This team finds invents new ways to lose games. I've never seen a team like this. And don't give me the because the Jets have been sorry. The Bengals played in two Super Bowls in the 1980s. I can't take this Jets haven't been in a Super Bowl since my mother was in diapers. So I don't want to hear the Jets. Please. It's just, when when will the circle of nonsense stop? When will it stop? Twenty-one to nothing lead, and you get outscored thirty-one to six for the rest of the quarter. And this isn't the fifty-eight Baltimore Coast that beat the Giants in the championship game either. What is Philip Rivers all of a sudden Johnny Unitas? What is Jonathan Tell all of a sudden Alan Amici? T.Y. Hilton is, 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 is Raymond Barry all of a sudden? Marvin Harrison? My goodness gracious! 30 one to six. And got outscored 21 to 10 in the second quarter. They let they let Philip Rivers, who contrary to what Brennan thinks, I don't think it was a Hall of Famer, but they let Philip Rivers, who was atrocious in the Browns game. Go for 29 and 44, threw for three touchdown passes for 9,000 yards. They let Marcus Johnson, who, what? Five receptions, 108 yards receiving. You must be kidding me. Thank God they got A.J. Green involved for once. I mean, I'm sitting here reading stories. John Ross wants to trade. Dunlap's unhappy. Atkins is unhappy. I'm sitting here, my Twitter feed's blowing up because it looks like A.J. Green sitting on the sideline in the Raven game saying, if you don't want to use me, then trade me. I got John Ross requesting a trade. I got Geno Atkins unhappy getting like I was being used. What the hell is going on in Cincinnati? 
I mean, you 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 kept the you kept the Colts defensive line off of Burrow, but what are you gonna do when Miles Garrett shows up on Sunday? I gotta watch a repeat of that disgrace from week two. Really? And this and this loss falls on Zach Taylor. Damn it, my patience has run out. This fault this falls on him. This falls on him. Him sitting in the press conference talking about, well, it's tough to beat good teams on the road. And it's tough for y'all to beat anybody on the freaking road. You haven't won a road game since September 2018. Zach Taylor, you were the quarterback coach for the Rams the last time we won a road game. It's tough to beat good teams on the road. No crap. We know that. What are you going to do to fix it? You had a 21 to nothing lead, and you blew it. You blew it. You did your best and let a Falcons impersonation and blew the game. Your record are what you what the Rick this old Bill Parcells saying. You are what your record says you are. And this is a one four and one pathetic, winless on the road football team. That's what they are. You know what you know what you are, Zach Taylor? This is your record. 3-18-1 with the 159 winning percentage. That is what you are as a head coach. That is what you are. I don't give a damn about Will. He looks well. The hell with the promise. I've been, I, I've been told a lot of promises in my life that haven't been kept. You think I give a damn about a promise? I want results. Quit telling me what I have to be look, looking forward to. Give me results. Give me results. It's a results-oriented business. Where are my results? Here's my results. 3, 18, and 1. Those are my results. With a 159 winning percentage. Those are my results. I don't give a damn about promises. What I, I want something on the back end. I wanna I wanna win a playoff game. I wanna play in an AFC championship game. I wanna play, I wanna win in a Super Bowl. And more than one. I don't wanna be on my deathbed breathing through a ventilator on dialysis when my Bengals finally decide to win a championship. And then cut on this, and then hear nothing about Mahomes and I stop. Don't you think us Bengals fans get sick and tired of seeing other teams succeed and still seeing our team with this thumb up his ass, still struggling to win a freaking playoff game? When will enough be enough? Sick of this, man. I'm done. Think don't hit the panic button. Oh, when's well, a good time to hit the to hit the panic button, Zach? When you're one nine and one. Oh, is that a good time to hit the panic button? Well, when is a good time to hit the panic button? Because if it's me and you play Cleveland this week, who's got a cause after they got their asses kicked by Pittsburgh? When is the next time to hit the panic button? There was a time when the Bengals would steam over the Browns. They haven't beat a Brown. They haven't beaten the Browns in what two, three years. When is the good time to hit the panic button, Zach? When your ass is on the unemployment line, fired because you can't win a freaking 
Oh, Lord have mercy. I, I just can't take it. Guys are upset. Hey, hey, in case you haven't seen that writing on the wall, Zach, you're starting to lose your players. You're starting to lose the locker room. And when you lose the locker room, it all goes downhill from there. Can we get a coach? And I know John Gruden isn't isn't John Madden, but can we get a coach like a John Gruden that isn't going to be afraid to yell, scream, cuss, and shout, get in these guys' faces, and and when it's a and when it's appropriate to put his, put his foot up their asses, to quit with this embarrassing play of football that these morons have been produced on the football field for the last three and a half years. I know John Gruden is an all-time great coach, but damn, he at least every now and again put his foot up somebody's ass when it's in the pair screwing around and he sees that they're desperate to the football team. Can we have a coach that's going to that's going to get in some of these guys' faces and piss them off a little bit? You see what you see with the sports media and what people think about us? It ain't pretty. If the Jets weren't a franchise, we'd be an AFC laughing stock. I'm sick and tired of cracking jokes. I'm sick of all of this. People cracking jokes, making fun about my football team. Doesn't does I know it pisses the fans off. What about you guys? You guys can actually change that. I can. I'm just a fan. Don't you, doesn't it bother you when you cut on the TV and you hear people crack jokes and basically look at the Bengals as a as a as a pushover on the schedule? Doesn't that bother y'all? Twenty-one to nothing lead, and you get outscored thirty-one to six. And these Muppets have to play Cleveland on Sunday. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do when Kareem Hunt goes crazy against you? Lose forty to nothing, and then sit up in the press conference and say, "Well, don't hit the panic button, guys." Give me a break. Things need to change, or else change should. And be demanded and occur. And again, Mike Brown should sell a freaking team. The old fart. You ain't worth two dead flies smashed anyway. You and your ne nepotism with your. Get the hell out of the Bengals franchise. Quit running this team into the ground. All of us. I'm done. I'm sick of this. I expect and want excellence. I mean, I got, I got, I got foul sitting me up on Twitter talking about worried, worried about my blood pressure, thinking that this team pitches me off so bad, and I'm basically drop dead like a 68 year old because my blood pressure is running through the roof. Because this team pisses me off so freaking much. 
I gotta hear the same old tired, stupid jokes. I'm sick of this. Why can my football team put out a respectable product on the field once in their lives? I actually do something. And quit all this talk about promise and what could be and what could this and what could that. And actually put a and actually give me results. Thirty-one to six. You must be kidding me. Take a break. World Series is next. Don't go anywhere back after this. Welcome back to the Amatelica TIS podcast. Switching gears now to the World Series as we wrap up the program. As uh, and if you didn't see uh, what, if you wanted to know what my prediction was, you can check out my Twitter page at the J Shield on Twitter. I predicted that the Dodgers would win this World Series in six games, and uh, Mookie Betts would be your uh, 2020 World Series MVP. Swear to God, before first pitch. So I'm not, you know, I'm not cheating here. Um, just, you know, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, and what a, and I tell you, I if the Dodgers end up winning this series, which I think that they will, because I, I you know, I, 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 I sense a different Dodger team. I sense that this team is hungry. They got, they got a little bit of grit. They got some fight. They got some gumption about, uh, about themselves and. You know they had they had to fight their way back down three one against the Braves and I, and I think you know and I, I think Kobe's death has a little bit something to do with it with the mama mentality thing and everything else and just that this team's due you know Kershaw pitched well in the postseason uh, or in this game six innings two hits gave up a run struck out eight I mean a phenomenal performance from Clayton Kershaw. Uh, Mookie Betts had what a game he had two hits two for four. With an with a including a so including a home run and he and he stole two bases in the game, I mean it's just I mean and if he and Mookie keeps performing like that he is going to win World Series MVP. I mean Mookie had a hell of a game. Kershaw pitched well. They took advantage of Glass now. Kevin Cash leaving Glass now in too long and absolutely tagged them in the four in a four run fifth inning. I mean he went four and he went four in the third. Uh, Walked six batters. He walked the ballpark. Walked six batters. Struck out eight. Six earned runs in the game. 
Um, so, I mean, if the Dodgers keep doing what they're doing, and that's uh, and that's having the big inning, driving in guys with runners on base, uh, and then the starting pitching, and then the starting pitching shows up, a la Kershaw, and then you got Bueller, and then they work their way from there. Bullpen doesn't have an issue. Baez, Kelly, uh, Jansen, who had a, who had a nice who had a nice outing against Atlanta a couple days ago. If they if they do that, and they and they and when uh, and when Tampa throws out their premier starters, a la Glass now and Morton and Snell, and if they if they can hit if they can hit Tampa Bay's uh, starting pitching, get to their bullpen early and kind of wear their bullpen out from from the start and their stunning pitching holds up and their bullpen isn't spotty and Mookie Betts and Turner and Bellinger and and if they and they just perform well collectively together as a unit there's no reason why this why this uh, why this should be a short series in favor of Los Angeles and have and have them win uh, have them winning the World Series championship I mean if the starting pitching holds up which it did in game one with Kershaw. If the starting pitching does well, their bullpen stays up to par. They continue. They have. They continue having the big innings. The big inning that they had in the fifth inning, and they followed up with two in the sixth. They have the big innings. They drive in runners. They drive in. They hit with runners on base. Driving in runners in scoring position. Their bats show up. Bets, uh, Bellinger, Bets, Bellinger, Turner. Um, who else? Who else had a big game? Max Muncy had a big game, going two for four last night. Uh, Chris Taylor went two for three last night as well. You know, if they if they hit, they pitch, bullpen and starting pitching. No reason why the Dodgers should win. The, shouldn't win the whole thing. No reason why they can't. No reason. I think. I think. Uh, you can also make the argument that Tampa Bay is tired, considering that you know they had to fight and claw. To win this, you know, they lost three games in a row, and then they had, uh, and then they, and then they won the game seven, which, which probably took a lot out of them. We'll see how they, res- we'll see how they respond in game two tonight. Um, the pitchers going for game two are uh, their pitchers going for game two. If I could get it for you right quick, you got Blake Snell going up against Tony Glossman. So if Blake Snell perform, if Blake Snell pitches tonight. And kind of slows down that Dodger lineup, which has been on fire the last couple of games. Then this should be a pretty even series, which should, which, uh, which then would put the series back on being a six-seven game series, regardless who, regardless it should, if the if the Rays win tonight, this should, this should this has the uh, this has the ability to be a long series to go six-seven games. But if Blake Snell spits the bit. And the Dodgers bats go crazy again, especially early on within the first five innings of the game. And Kevin Cash makes the mistake like he did last night, leaving in glass now too long last night. And if he leaves Snell, if he doesn't give Blake Snell the quick hook, then this could be a, a very it could be a long series from the Tampa Bay standpoint, you know, and from the standpoint that, you know, they that nothing will go their way, but it'll be a very short series in the fact that, you know, this series could be over by uh, by the weekend it, it, when it's if it's when it's all said and done. This I mean, if you know Dodgers three ones away win tonight, uh, win Friday night, and this this series could be over by uh, the, by the next time that I talk to you guys on Saturday. If the Rays are not careful, so they need a they need a performance from Snell tonight. Uh, their bats have to the bats have to they have to keep raking. Ballinger bets they gotta they they can't let up now. They got they they got a strike while the iron is hot. They are they are in a rhythm. They have lots of momentum. 
you know, they got to keep, they got to keep going. They can't stop. They cannot let up in any circumstances because if you let up for a game or two, Tampa Bay will see it and they will, and they will steal the momentum and they will, and they will steal this World Series from the Dodgers so fast, they won't know what hits you. So, uh, so again, if you're the Dodgers, you got to go in, got to go into tonight's game. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta expect your stars to hit off the snow early and often in the game as much as possible. Gloss, Gosson, whatever his name is, the right hand, the right handed pit, the uh, right handed pitcher, number 46. He's got to pitch well tonight too and get, and get this series to a two nothing LA advantage with all the pressure on Tampa to uh with the day off on Thursday with all the pressure on Tampa to respond as the designated home team uh this upcoming weekend and you know make the Rays think a little bit you know make the make the, put all the pressure on the Rays make the Rays you know dig deep and with their backs up against the wall to fight and claw for their uh, for their championship lives if the Dodgers get it done tonight if you're Tampa though you need you need a hell of an outing from Snell you need Snell to to essentially mow down that entire Dodger lineup from Betts to Muncie and work the and work and work his way down. If you if you are from a Tampa Bay standpoint, you need Snell to pitch well tonight to even this series up at one game apiece. Give yourself a little bit of momentum heading into Game Three on Friday night. But if you're LA, you got to get to Snell early and often. And you got to rattle him, and you got to basically punch Tampa Bay in the proverbial mouth from the get go, starting early. And you do that, your pitching holds up, you play good defense, don't do anything stupid, your bats show up, bats, Muncie, Bellinger, all of them, play good defense, which they've had this entire postseason. It's going to be 2-0 L.A., and, uh, and you and you could, and it would not shock you and be prepared for this to be a uh, quick series over by, a, uh, by the weekend. Saturday night, Sunday night, take your pick. But um, but that but there are but there you are with uh with your World Series, uh, 2020 between Tampa Bay, and Los Angeles. Uh, and just for the record, you can check my Twitter page. I predicted the Dodgers to win this series in six games, and for Mookie Betts to be your 2020 World Series MVP. That's your show. Hope you enjoyed it. Quick one, but hey, we only got two sports in season. There's not that much to talk about. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Amatelica TIS Podcast. Like what you heard, please subscribe. Follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it. I must tell it like it underscore it. You know the damn Twitter handle. Follow the show on Instagram as well. I'm your boy Josh Shields. Talk to you this weekend. Y'all take care.